This is Brand and New from the International Trademark Association. This podcast series explores changes and dynamics in the legal world, now and tomorrow, with a focus on intellectual property. Welcome to Brand and New. I am Audrey Dove. The fundamental goals of the intellectual property system as designed for the industrial era about 100 years ago have always been to foster creativity and innovation by granting monopoly rights, providing a sustainable economic basis for it. Intellectual property rights have always been challenged by new technologies, new market trends, but the pace and depth of these challenges have increased over the last decade In particular, groundbreaking technologies such as artificial intelligence, Internet of Things, or even life science innovations have a disruptive impact on traditional IP legal concepts and systems. For instance, how to create property rights in an algorithm that is constantly changing? Our guest today will share his views on the future of the IP legal system and its governance at a time when numbers of patents and trademarks registrations show there's a rising demand for IP rights globally, confirming, if needed, our global shift towards an economy of knowledge with entirely new business lines thriving without almost any tangible assets, think software and algorithms, operating systems or social media. Marco Matias Aleman is a Colombian lawyer who spent the last 28 years in the IP world in a law firm as head of the Colombian IP office and at the policy level, holding several positions at WIPO, the World IP Organization in Geneva since 1999. He is currently the WIPO director of the Patent Law Division and is also one of the last six candidates for the position of WIPO's director general who will be nominated in March 2020. Thank you very much, Marco, for joining us today. I would many thanks for the invitation and very glad to be with you today. Before working at WIPO, you practiced several years as an IP attorney in your home country, Colombia. Could you tell us a word about the singularities of the Colombian IP system compared to its peers? And in particular, are there notable differences in the way trademark rights are managed, protected and enforced? In fact, I was in the, in the private practice from 1990 to 1994. And in that uh, period, uh, certainly trademarks plays a more prominent role than other IP categories. Although uh, innovation and patents at the time were already uh, an issue, were starting the real IP category that was well known and the real IP category in terms of numbers of application, in terms of number of uh, cases, for example, in terms of, of cases brings to court or bring to other administrative authorities for consideration were quite high. So trademark had been in the mindset of entrepreneurs in Colombia for many years. And uh, IP specialists and IP attorneys have been uh, practicing in the area of trademark for uh, many years. And this is an area in which Colombians have been doing quite well uh, at the regional level because many of the most well-known IP law firms in, in Colombia are mainly those which have departments or related to IP and, and most particularly related to trademark. You have assisted many countries in different regions of the world in drafting their IP laws and policies based on the core notions of the IP legal system as we have known almost forever. Mm -hmm. Does this system belong to the 20th century and should we, as businesses, attorneys, or policymakers, 
anticipate or even help build another better suited one in the near future? Absolutely. In my view, IP had been changing and had, had been changing according to the needs of the users. Uh, in, in this particular case, the, the different uh, companies, corporations, small and medium size uh, and big corporations that use the system for the different purpose the, the IP categories are for. So the laws normally uh, follow that trend and accommodate the, the systems to the very specific needs. For example, the particular impetus of the international registration systems in the last three decades goes hand by, by hand with the more interest that company has in doing business at the international level. And that's why mm -hmm. we see very high records of international registration of trademark, patents, and other IP categories. In that sense, what the IP system needs to do is to be able to respond to that particular need. But at the same time, there are very core traditional principles that have been there since the beginning of the system. Principle of, uh, for example, territoriality of the national treatment or the priority principle have been there for years. And they will be probably inspiring new regimes that we'll put in place to, uh, as I mentioned before, to meet the needs of the user. So it's a combination. Many of the mm -hmm. principles come from the past and are there to inspire new legislation but there are issues that need to be fine-tuned to the very particular needs of the economy. And one of those is, for example, how to attain the increased number of international requests for protection. You began your career at WIPO over 20 years ago by working at the Division of Cooperation for Developments for Latin American and the Caribbeans before transitioning to the Division for Public Policy and Development in terms of effective protection for IP rights holders, any specific country that appears at the continent's, let's say, natural champion of IP protection, in your view? Mm -hmm. Well, in my view, there have been a very way that the region has transited since the, be the beginning of the international regimes that were put in place. In a recent document that I was preparing and used, came across to the fact that the, the, the first intellectual property regime of Colombia is from 1834. So 1834, there was already a regime for the protection of different intellectual property categories in, in Colombia. And, and this is remarkable because it, it, it shows, and that is the, not only the case of Colombia, it's the case of the region. Many of the legislation of Latin America were put in place since that time. And it shows that interest for IP law and IP policy have been there since decades. And, and that is extremely positive. Now, there are very particular trends that comes from wave of uh, different policy interests. Let me give you a few, few examples. In the 80s, it was the integration uh, systems, uh, like the Andean integration system, the called Andean system, uh, the, the Central American SIECA uh, integration system, uh, the Aladi uh, integration system, the Mercosur integration system, and all those systems Uh, certainly considered as a key element in the development of those internal markets, of those regional markets, IP. So IP legislation had been put in place as part, or was put in place, as part of these specific needs of the, the requirement of those integration mechanisms. Later on, in the 90s, it was mainly the TRIPS agreement, and the entry into force of the TRIPS agreement uh, brought to the entire Latin American region a new interest for the accommodation of new standards of protection in different areas, 
or new categories of protection in other areas. And these uh, certainly uh, grow the interest on IP in the region, and at the same time create certain tensions that were not a subject of discussion before, like patentability in areas that were excluded from patent for, for many years. Later on, it was mainly the issue of the free trade agreements, and uh, almost all, every single free trade agreement brought an IP chapter, and those IP chapters imply the need for national legislation for the implementation of those free trade agreements. And more recently, I see an appetite in the region for international registration system. Michael, holding the position of director for the patent law division at WIPO, what could you say about innovation-related initiatives uh, such as artificial intelligence, quantum computing, in relation to patent registration or management? And in your view, what are or what should be the new tools to get more efficient in the WIPO for missions? of protecting intellectual property rights and administering an ecosystem that is friendly to right holders and to economic growth? Excellent. An excellent question. In fact, there are two elements there. One element is how can WIPO use different new technologies to do more work or to do better or to do in a way that we reduce cost or we reduce time of answers. And in that sense, there are some advantage uh, of WIPO being the one testing, trying, and developing these new technologies because of the size of the organization and the fact that we have this international dimension allow us to be quite effective in this new development of, of, of that tool. And then we can be able to assist member states in the implementation of these new developments in a very cost-efficient manner and saving time because there is no need for new trials since they have been already tried at the international level. And few examples of this, the WIPO Translate, for example, a very good tool, already using not only in IP offices, but also using all the United Nations organizations. And this is quite effective in terms of being able to translate this huge amount of documents that are related to the international registration system. In particular, it was thought for the PCT that, that you can imagine Translation of PCT applications are huge, and the work related to that is more demanding, not only because the technology gets more complex, but because of you need to add the complexities of the different languages that the organization is serving now. So because all those elements, a tool like Wiper Translate is a great uh, development for the organization, but it's certainly a development that can be part of the cooperation between WIPO and the member states and WIPO and member states' patent offices in particular. But there are other developments, in, in the case of Trademark, the WIPO brands, is a, a tool uh, that in a very sophisticated manner is able to search uh, commonalities in between trademarks and trademark uh, register or uh, trademarks apply for protection and to provide a search and uh, to provide to the user information about the availability or the risk of on trying to get protection because of the existence of previous trademark in a very uh, specific Feel this just to name two examples of how new technologies certainly help our work. But on the other hand, and you rightly mentioned that, is how the IP system is placed to help and promote the creation and development of those technologies. And in that area, issues, for example, of how can patents and the availability of patents in areas like algorithms or software-related inventions, the availability of patents in those areas will allow more innovation to take place. What probably 
a more close approach in the sense that if patents will not be used as a tool to promote innovation there, it may hinder innovation in that specific area. So how patent offices place themselves in order to be able to use the patent system to promote this new development would be key in how uh, those companies doing research in that specific area. Many of those are very small enterprises doing research in, the, in that area, and they, in many occasions, need the use of IP rights, for example, the use of patents. They can go to the market and secure investment or secure investor ready to put money on those projects and having patents, as we know, facilitate uh, that process of identification of partner or identification of investor. So it's not just a matter of having or having a patent, it's a matter of how can patents facilitate the entire ecosystem of innovation in that particular area. INTA is a global association representing more than 30,000 brand owners and professionals dedicated to supporting trademarks and related intellectual property to foster consumer trust, economic growth, and innovation. So, Marco, on March 4th and 5th this year, there will be important days for the intellectual property field as extraordinary sessions will be held in WIPO in order to nominate its director general for the next six years. As the official candidate of Colombia for this position, among a total of six candidates, what is your vision for WIPO? And what are the most important issues you would like to address and your priorities when it comes to trademarks? Sure. Um, I have in my program five elements that are the key elements of what I consider needs to be done in the forthcoming years in the organization. The first one is positioning WIPO for the challenges ahead. The, the last 12 years have been amazing in, in terms of how much the organization has been progressing toward a very modern organization managed with quite private-oriented uh, vision. And in that sense, the organization should continue in that track, doing uh, things that are uh, extremely positive for the UCIP community in particular, but for society in general. What I propose in this positioning of the organization is to do a very comprehensive analysis of the impact of our times in and the work of the organization. We need to be, of course, fully aware that the foreign industrial revolution is, is not just a slogan, it's something that dramatically changed the technology that is available, and the way that society can benefit from that technology. And the organization needs to be fully equipped to see how our work integrates this new dimension of technology into our work. And that requires a number of uh, considerations in terms of staff, in terms of management, in terms of vision. The second element is to combine insight and experience with inclusive multilateralism. If WIPO is something, and if you want to define WIPO in a very simple manner, is a structure, is a network of 26 treaties, multilateral treaties, that deal with different IP categories. And those treaties need to be updated in certain time, and because new elements arise, or there are new elements that need to be subject of regulation. And WIPO needs that this multilateral field progress according to the needs of the different actors involved on, I, on IP categories. To do that, the new leadership of the organization needs to be fully familiar with how multilateralism works. It's not simple. The, the relationship needed among member states and between member states and organization to be sure that we can move forward getting the consensus 
necessary for the multilateral work to be effective is complex and it demands knowledge and expertise. The third element is to drive efficiency and cost effectiveness in the IP system. And, and that is mainly through the introduction of more and new tools and more and new technologies able to facilitate our task and to reduce cost. And for example, as, as related to your question, trademark is one of those areas in which our registration services related to the industry can be subject of improvement, not only from the legal infrastructure point of view, that of course needs to be revised. And we have a working group working on trademark quite effectively, and this work should continue, but also in the progressive introduction of new technologies to make our services better, uh, timely, safety, and reliable. We are convinced the user community are ready to give feedback to us, to tell us what we can do better. The fourth element is assisting member states to benefit from the IP system. It is true, we have been doing a lot in terms of technical assistance and cooperation, but in many occasions, our cooperation is not able to produce the effect that we expect from that cooperation. Sometimes it does not produce a lasting impact, and we should be able to give a new boost, a new orientation to that cooperation to be sure that member states are not passive actors, but on the contrary, active partners in the cooperation. My proposal is simple, is we can be more focused when we provide technical assistance, probably in projects that are longer in time and probably of deeper impact in order to be sure that at a certain point, the country itself is able to take the reins of whatever project in which cooperation had been provided instead of having this permanent dependence of the country to WAPO for cooperation. And finally, we in WIPO have been doing very well in terms of team and in terms of staff, but we can do more from the administration point of view to be sure that we have a WIPO team ready for agility to accelerate uh, different innovation within the organization. We, we are subject of innovation uh, ourselves, and in my view, the DG needs to lead that. For that, we need, among other things, our staff able to work, for example, seamlessly across the organization, a staff that we can encourage among them deeper collaboration, and a staff that, because we improve coordination, will reduce duplication. Very simple management changes that can be introduced to increase the motivation of our staff in doing their daily work. I will continue in that area also championing a number of projects related, for example, to gender equality and, and women empowerment that is in an area in which I'm uh, personally uh, committed to do more and better. Mm -hmm. So, Marco, I have few rapid-fire questions for you now. What's the tech innovation you believe to be the most disruptive from a legal standpoint? Well, there are several. It depends how you address the technology. But in every period of IP, there have been new technology that always disrupt. Imagine for a while in the 80s when life inventions or life-related inventions related to microorganisms came about remember all the discussion in the famous Chakravari case in the Supreme Court of the United States, it, it was a, a really a huge revolution for the patent system and for the IP system in general. What we are living now in the area, for example, of artificial intelligence is, 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 is quite similar. It's a revolution and the patent system needs to be able to accommodate to these new technologies. Uh, issues related to, for example, whether a machine can invent or not are very uh, valid questions. Whether the machine, because it's able to invent, 
will be considered from the legal point of view an inventor, yes or not, is a very valid question. But even more complex questions are related to the issue of the traditional role of the patent system in disclosing technology and making technology available, and how this role of the patent system to diffuse technology is played when it comes to artificial intelligence, and how many of those inventions in which the information is somehow keep for the own knowledge of the applicant more than the, the, the society at large are tensions that needs to be solved in the near future. Mm. Could you please uh, name a word that would summarize the last decade and the one you expect for the decade that is just beginning? Mm -hmm. uh, in my view, it's innovation. Innovation is in the world, innovation in the administration, innovation in the companies conducting research and development, innovation in, in the way society behaves. Uh, we are um, living in a period where things are changing just extremely fast and we need to be able to accommodate to these new elements. In, in a number of countries today, already the interaction in between government and citizens takes place in the, uh, on the internet directly. And, and this physical uh, interaction that was, let's say, the more typical one years ago is not anymore there. There are a number of citizens struggling how to, to, to be able to handle this new phase of interaction. Well, the, the, the same can happen on IP. Many of the offices are turning totally into a digital environment, but still applicants, for example, that are more familiar with the traditional paper environment. So for them, this is a dramatic change. So IP offices need to be able to evolve and need to be able to introduce these new technologies at the same time without losing the contact with the user community at large to be sure that everybody is able to get what they are looking for in the IP. What is the best piece of advice you wish somebody had told you at the outset of your career? Ah, that's, that's very good. I like that. <laughs> well, there have been several. I would probably mention one. If you do things rightly and you are a good team player, you can see that when you count the people around you that have been with you for a long period of time. And you can only do that when you are able to build trust with the people you work for. If you work with people in a very open, transparent and honest manner, these people is ready to be with you later on when a new project starts. What's the last book you read? Well, I have several books at hand right now. One that I enjoy a lot is one called Reinventing Organization. It's a book written by Frederick Laloux. And this is a book about how organization uh, has evolved in recent years and how we pass from a very top-down approach in the past to organizations that are more life now nowadays and in which they are more flat. And, and what you are looking is how you encourage uh, a more human relationship among the staff and the leadership. And the second one I started is a book called The Law and Practice of Trademark Transaction, a global and a local outlook uh, that written by several authors and edited uh, by Jack Rivera, Geneva University professor. And it's quite interesting document uh, because it shows the different legal elements that needs to be considered when it comes to trademark transaction and it'll help, help me a lot in the identification of some legal issues needed on patent transaction related with a work that I am conducting those days in WIPO. So those are the two I have uh, next to my, my, my bed those days. Thank you very much, Marco.
Thanks to you and thanks for the interview. My guest today was Marco Aleman, the WIPO Director of the Patent Law Division and also one of the candidates for the position of WIPO's Director General. Thank you for listening to Brand and New, brought to you by the International Trademark Association. Be sure to tune in every two weeks on Tuesday for new episodes. If you like today's podcast, please subscribe and share it. We are always looking for new people to discover brand and new. And to learn more about INTA, its resources and events, please visit www.inta.org.